Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute routing in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. If you find a company and you really like the founder, you like the team, and you think there's some legs there, do me one small favor. Don't ask for majority of their shares. You're literally killing the company. Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Baitiong. Welcome to episode 13 of the Hustle Share Podcast. My name is Ronster and I'm your host. And this episode is brought to you by Payroll Hero, a time, attendance, scheduling, HR, and payroll solution for Philippine companies. So if you're new to the show, first of all, welcome because this is we're glad to have you here. But if this is your first time, I'd like to let you know that this podcast is a podcast, obviously, that lets you improve your hustle by learning from other hustlers. We are not here to one-up each other and compare how different we are with each other. No. What this podcast is supposed to be doing, or at least our goal, is to help you improve your hustle by empathizing with people that are very, very similar to you, but you just don't know it. But I'd like to give you a heads up because we try to keep it real here. And with that comes a lot of profanity and a lot of vulgar language. So if you're in an environment where there are kids or anyone that's not supposed to be hearing this, please turn the volume down or use a headset. Or better yet, if you're not comfortable, you may turn this podcast off. Don't tell me I did not warn you. This episode is probably the most packed 
of all the episodes we've done so far because our guest went all out in this one. And I'm talking about Mr. Michael Lentz of Golden Gate Ventures, where he will share with us the hustle of a venture capitalist. I'm not just talking about the whatever venture capitalist. Michael is part of one of the biggest VC firms here in Southeast Asia where they've invested in unicorns already in Southeast Asia alone. So what he's going to be able to share with us is top dollar information that if you're in a startup, whether you're a founder or or someone who wants to invest in startups, you should grab a pen because he's going to be teaching us a lot and shedding light on what a VC actually does in their hustle. And let me just give you an idea what he will share with us in this episode. So he's going to share how he started out as an entrepreneur, how he ended up in Singapore, covering all the way from Netherlands, and how he bumped into this VC career, this thriving VC career that he's currently in. And with that, he's going to detail every single thing that you need to know to know exactly what he does and what a venture capitalist looks for when they're raising money for their fund and how they divest that into startups that they invest in. He is also going to talk about what he looks for for a startup to fund. And what are the factors that they consider in order for a startup to be considered fundable from a VC's perspective? Michael didn't stop there. He went all in in giving us advice on what he thinks is missing in the Philippine startup ecosystem and how he thinks we can improve this all in this episode. And lastly, he also shared tips and hacks in how a startup can get a hold of a venture capitalist so they they can pitch their idea and have that chance to be able to get funded. And as a bonus, Mike also shared tips on how you can grow your network even if you're just starting from scratch. So I hope you're ready and you grab a pen because we're going to begin this episode right now. Welcome to episode 13 of the Hustle Share podcast. This is a very interesting uh, uh, episode because we have someone who literally flew in, not just to do this, because he's also, you know, uh, uh, has a meeting, but we are very fortunate to have time to spend with Mr. Michael Lintz of Golden Gate Ventures. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. So, Mike, again, uh, we've been talking for quite a while before we started this and I'm so excited because finally, finally, we, I can actually ask you about what the hell a venture capitalist does or an investor does. Because I know what, what we do on the startup side. It's basically fail nine times out of ten. But what is it? What's the hustle like from the other side of the spectrum in depth? Because in, in several episodes, Kat sort of talked about it lightly. Earl sort of talked about it lightly. But in here, we're going to talk about the whole the whole, the whole shebang, right? So, cool. Mike, uh, let's talk about your hustle. So, let's let's start that out with, bro. What's your hustle? Um, that's a good question. Um, maybe uh, sort of sort of a few steps back. I've I've been on your side, the okay. table, uh, whereas I've been a uh, been a founder of a company. This is um, let me think. Two thousand, well, nineteen ninety nine, 2000s okay. when we started the company. Um, yep. So I've been on that side as well. Okay. And it's, it's funny because the reason why I um, I started this company with two of my two of my very good friends is right. 
we had the idea that we were better at doing what we were doing okay. than the big corporates. Yes, always. Right. Yeah, 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 that's kind of your, your dream. Right. You know, I'm going I'm to change the world and, and, and make, make a big difference. Um, so fortunately enough, the, the company did relatively well. Okay. Um, so we ran a, what we call a data center. Okay. Um, back in the days, in especially early 2000s, uh, data centers were popping up everywhere. And where, were, where was this physically located when you started this out? So we, we were physically in the area of Rotterdam. Um, okay. In the Netherlands. Yeah, in the Netherlands, okay. yes. Um, so this was, this was interesting because it was a, a booming time for data centers. Okay. We were just slowly, um, not coming out of, but still middle in the, in the, the dot-com bubble. Yeah. And a lot of the uh, corporates and uh, SMEs were looking to outsource their IT and yes. uh, they kept Gemini's and those big corporates, they were very expensive. Mm-hmm. So we said, no, we'll undercut those guys and, yes. and build some similar service, but then for cheaper. Yeah. Um, so luckily enough, the company got acquired. And, and just nice. to add, um, we never had VC money. Uh, so the company was, was launched with our own Bootstrap. capital and, and wow. we bootstrapped for six years um, until the company got acquired. That wasn't easy for sure because bootstrapping, is like, I, I did one year bootstrapping. Or now three years in my first one, one year here, and that was probably the hardest shit I have had to go through because every two weeks I have to worry about payroll. Yeah. Which, by the way, now Payroll Hero is our, our plug. We want to plug Payroll Hero. <laughs> you want to check it out, but it's hard. Holy yeah. shit! Right? Yeah. So that's tough. So so the so the 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 magic of you know getting getting a sort of VC on board and using that in your marketing to get yeah. partners and yeah. using that to, to hire talent. Uh, we, we didn't have that luxury, so we, we decided to kind of, based on the revenue we made, uh, made very sort of sensible mm-hmm. decisions on, you know, when do we hire? We hire slowly, uh, yeah. like once one every, at a time. One, one at a time, right. once every six months, we'll, we'll look at a, a new system engineer. Um, eventually, the company was around uh, 20 people bef- before, 20. It got, before wow. it got acquired. Um, I, I left uh, first because I wanted to give back to the community. Yep. Um, I loved kind of advising and helping on startups. So I, right, I right. said, you know, if, if I'm able to get my shares uh, bought by this uh, kind of bigger data center, I'm very yep. happy. My two partners stayed on, on for a bit longer. Yep. Um, so they had, a, they had an amazing earnout. They did an amazing job, by the way, integrating the company into okay. the acquirer's company. Nice. Um, and then we all kind of went, went our own way. Okay. Now, let's walk this through. So after your first company, uh, still in, in the Netherlands, yeah. right? How did you build that career now? Because technically, we're in the time machine. By the way, there's a hustle show time machine. I will trademark this very soon. <laughs> I don't know if anybody would even fucking compete, but you'll never know. So we go there, and then what, what was the next step for you? Did you take in like, all right, I want to be a VC? Because that's a natural progression that I see a lot of successful startup people also do. They yeah. do angel investing a little bit on the side. What was it for you? So, so here's, here's the thing, right? And maybe it's it's my age now, but if, if I look back, um, so I was 26. Yep. Um, the company got acquired, I was like 31. So um, I never told myself in the mirror, um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be a VC. I never yeah. ever said that in my life. Yeah. Um, if I fast forward it to now and... and, and you know, we, we understand that, that VC is a career True. path and, and it's, it's a great one because I'm, I'm still yep. in VC and I love it. Yep. Uh, but I think none of us said, you know, we, we want to become a VC and that's correct, our big correct. dream. The only thing I said was, you know, now that I have, I have 
sold my company, I have a bit more time and flexibility to yeah. to help entrepreneurs. Got and it. literally, um, so I did two things. So the first thing was there was a um, um, an economic development board um, mm. in, in the Netherlands. Okay. And that board basically helped um, public and, and private um, entities work together. Sort of like a Kubo here, a little yeah, bit. A yeah, a little bit, a little right. bit, yeah. So, so they decided, why don't we get all the top CEOs in okay. the Netherlands Wow. Put them in one board. So I'm talking about Shell, Unilever, uh, Rainbow Bank, Avian Amro, ING. So they were all in one board. And, and the wow. funny thing is they said, now we have all these great people, but we're missing a young, sort of a young, energetic person to kind of run the young part of this, this board. Wow. And that was you. That was, that was me. <laughs> so, um, Holy shit, dude. I didn't I, know this. Yeah. So I guess it, it was because I had a big mouth and, and was... was, was <laughs> trying to make a difference um so yeah so i was very fortunate the the former uh, secretary secretary of state um he picked me up he said you know i've heard good things about you wow. um think about this position so i i said yes um and i've been on that board for four years wow um most amazing experience ever so I literally got to work with all those top CEOs for four years. And in, in, in what aspect? Because that's a hustle in its own, per se, in terms of how that's going to be working. As a young young blood, you got, yeah. you got to earn the, those, those... Yeah, you got to... Yeah. Especially within, within that group, you, you got to earn your stripes. So, right. um, so one of the things they asked me to do is uh, to set up a young economic development board. Uh, so I found their equivalents, but then sort of... 10 years earlier. So, wow. so I looked okay. for, you know, inspiring entrepreneurs, um, great people in the, uh, in the NGO sector, right. um, sort of amazing, inspiring uh, debaters, for instance. So we yeah. formed an equiv- equivalent young economic development board, yeah. and we were the counterpart for the older guys. Nice. And so the next wave, per se. Exactly, exactly. That's good. And we were debating about, you know, how do we get sort of the, the Rotterdam economy and the Dutch economy to a next level. And nice. how do you make sure that, you know, government work with uh, work with big corporates, mm. corporates work with startups, startups work with new talents, and how do we sort of build that ecosystem? Yeah. And that was, you know, it, I'm, I'm not a politician and I'm, I'm not a big fan of politics, right. um, but I love that experience because we were able to make moves okay. for very, very young and upcoming entrepreneurs. That is great. Now, Mike, after that role... How did you now? How how do you transition to your first foray into like venture uh, capital? Right? Yeah. It, how did that come to you? So it's it's all. I mean, it's 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 similar to you, right? You you see an opportunity, and you know you you now run this podcast, right? Um, and you do it. Ah. And, 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 and <laughs> okay. you, you do it. You do it because because it feels good. Um, yeah. It's 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 part of your passion, and it um, doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel like work. Right. You feel like you're doing good and changing something. So sure. that's how I literally I, I literally ran into I literally ran into a few friends okay. uh, that I met through the economic development board. Sure. And they were like, you know, we, we're putting something together and we're investing in a few companies. Do you ah. want to think about helping us structure this? I'm like, yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, and before we knew it, we were, we, were, we were investing in companies. Already? Already. Back in Rotterdam? Yes. Okay, yeah. wow. Yeah. The, the difficulty was that, you know... I was, I was a bit on a high because I just came off the economic development board. True, true. Uh, that board is impressive. Uh, yeah. So you know, I was like, yeah, you know, I I can do this stuff. Correct. So I decided that it would be a good idea, which in the end it wasn't, um, mm-hmm. to invest in sort of my non-core, which was right. non-IT company. So I invested in fashion stuff and wow, 
nightlife, <laughs> everything. <laughs> right, so, right. Um, the difficulty is, you know, just coming back to coming back to focus. The difficulty is if you spread yourself thin, mm. you're not going to do anything right. Yeah. So I think we got the investment part right because we were able to find a few gems. Okay. But it was very difficult to manage because um, there was no. Uh, synergy between any of the companies. Sure. Um, it was very, very difficult random. to leverage one investment. Yeah. So it, it felt like a very random portfolio. Right. Um, so even when we talked to the private equity guys that are looking to sort of invest in some of these companies, sure. they said, you guys did something amazing. You've, you found 10 random companies and, and, and made it work. Right. Um, but in the end, it was too random. So, okay. so in the end, it, it actually didn't work out. When you say it didn't work out, did most of their companies, those companies folded? Or yeah, so I think I think wow. half half the, at least half the companies folded. Uh, a few of them are are still around. Wow, but it's been a very very difficult transition, and sure. and we had the bad luck or bad timing um, of being in the midst of this was two thousand and eight. Uh, ah, financial crisis, financial crisis, recession. Right. Yeah, so we so we had you know deals with banks that didn't just just pan out. So it was Shoot. it was um, it was the most toughest learning school that I had okay. but in the end it was a good one because it, it built a sort of a sixth sense mm. where you know one thing I now always talk about focus I hammer on focus yes. which again we'll talk about later because you wrote sure. two articles yes. <laughs> about focus and reaching your potential yeah. which we'll talk about in the later part of the program yeah. well Mike how did you end up in Singapore now, I mean, I, I remember you telling us in, during your talk here last year, you went, you were supposed to go to San Francisco with mm. your wife, and you did a yeah. reroute. You went to the other side of the Pacific. <laughs> how, how did you end up being with Golden Gate? Yeah, this and 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 you know, for some reason, and sometimes we we me and my wife Marika, we just laugh our asses off because <laughs> it is so random. So I. Right. Um, after after the investment period and after right. the economic development board, um, I decided to um, um, I wanted to do something international. Okay. And literally, one of my friends, I, I still uh, Steph Steph von Dunga. I saw right. Steph. Thank you, by the way. It's, Steph, it's, it's, if you're listening yeah. to this, I don't know you, but this, shout out to you. Yeah, this is all you because <laughs> because Steph literally said, Mike, I've read about this amazing course at Harvard in Boston. Ah. I think it's something for you. This is all he said. I think it's something for you. You should check it out. I'm like, dude, random, but I'll check it out. <laughs> no, because, yeah, I, I, I felt like, you know, it's, it's coming from him. Um, yeah. I, I, I respect him. I appreciate him. So right. I was like, you know, I'll, I'll check it out. So I saw the course, and it, it felt good. So I was like, okay, I'll apply um, and see what happens. And this is fucking Harvard. This is Harvard, yeah. It's, so, it's so not it's, easy. It's fucking Harvard. So it's, it's an executive course. It's, 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 a right. pretty, it's a pretty short one, but it's, it's, it's good. You get, okay. uh, you, you get cases, you kind of meet a lot of people and, yep. and talk through a few of these um, sort of you know, difficult situations of how do you solve it. Um. So I apply, um, I get in, so I go to Boston, and in my first class, this is hilarious, yeah. uh, so I think we had 60 people in our class um, very inspirational. So the funny thing is, you get up at, at seven, no six. You get up at six. You do breakfast with your group. Yep. You do exercises. Uh, you work on a case. You right. go to class. You kind of defend your case. Right. They'll bring in the most amazing, you know, entrepreneurs and CEOs to kind of talk through the choices they've made. Okay. Um, Similar to like what we're doing now, so sort of the hustle sh hustle stories yeah, and whatnot. It, right? it actually was. So one of my classmates, he lives in Singapore. Ah, and we we never talked about venture or working together or whatever. But he lived in Singapore, and 
for some reason, um, after the Harvard class, um, he was like, yo, dude, um, you should check out this ecosystem here because there's stuff happening. Wow. And this is what year? Oh, man, this was 20... So Harvard was 2011, and then this was 2012, 2013. Wow. Right around the same time. The, the local ecosystem here in the Philippines also started around the same time. But yeah, again, we'll talk about the Philippines later. Oh, yes. Yeah. Why we're yeah. still in a fucking dormant comatose state <laughs> while everybody else is, like, booming, right? We'll talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you guys, uh, you started this, and now after Harvard, you, this dude, have you been to Singapore even prior no, to that? No, so, so it is the funny <laughs> thing. So, so I had no, no idea about what's happening in Singapore other than, um, so going back to the Economic Development Board, yeah. the model in the Netherlands was based off of the Economic Development Board in Singapore. No way. Yeah, so they, wow. they basically copied the model from Singapore and used the same model in the Netherlands. So, so that's, that's funny, right? So there's some really right about what Singapore is doing. Yeah. Because so our kind of government here in the Philippines is trying to model it to Singapore, but we're doing it the complete opposite way. <laughs> yeah, so it's, so oh, it's kind wow. of, it, it, it sort of became full circle. So, right, right. So, so Singapore did resonate to me. Okay. Um, so I literally said, you know, you, what, you're, what you're telling me is amazing. Um, so I was like, you know, cool. I'll go to Singapore. So my good friend Deep, um, he's like telling me about the, the ecosystem, show me around. I stayed at his place, right. had dinner. And um, but the funny thing is, he's like, yeah, there's this fund, um, Golden Gate Ventures, just starting. Um, you should meet these guys. Okay. So I met the, two of the three founders. Um, okay. I met Vinny Lauria, Jeff Payne. Yep. Shout out Vinny, shout out Jeff. If Always shout out to them. Um, right. We had we had dinner. Um, we had dinner, and 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 um, I I listened to their story, and they didn't know this, but um, I was like, this is fucking awesome. What okay. are you guys are doing? It was early right, stage, right. but it, it was raw. You were sold right away. I was sold. I, I loved it. I, it was raw. It was very early. Um, yeah. I I saw the hustle in in what they were doing. Yeah. And and again, I saw that they were wanted to change something. Yeah. I was sold. So I was yeah. I was looking okay how can I how can I be helpful right um, so what what happened was um, one of their portfolio companies was was raising around the funding okay. um, I said you know I can help fundraise with my network back in uh, Europe yeah and you have dude just looking at back of what you told us in your network of the 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 board that you were in those are not just just those are high net worth individuals that you won't even have a chance to get a sit down on. Not alone, you're talking to them in, in, in one room. Holy shit. Yeah, so, right. so it was, was very fortunate to kind of have a network that, that, that enabled me to, mm. to talk to a lot of people. And, right. uh, and ended up, ended up uh, one of my friends said, you know what, um, you know, we run a family office. Uh, we're looking at Asia for a long time. Okay. Why don't we have a look at this? Wow. And, and this is literally how uh, my life at Golden Gate Ventures started. Wow. So you got that deal done. Yes. Next thing you know, you're not you're no longer in the US and you moved to Singapore. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. um we just had a baby girl. So Lana was yep. a year. Mm -hmm. Uh and I had to tell Marika that I was totally sold on Singapore and that, you know, our plan was to do something in the US. Um <laughs> You went to the other side of the Pacific, bro. Yeah, and and she she had no plans of moving to Singapore anytime <laughs> soon. So this was a very difficult difficult oh, discussion man, we had. Um, but yeah, in in the end, you know, I have to again, you know, it's it, it, we laugh about it right now, but um, it's about six years ago, no, six and a half years ago. Yep, we had a very very tough discussion at home. Like right. our daughter's year and a half. 
we're going to take her. Uh, she's young enough to like, yeah, move yeah, to a new environment, yeah. but we're going to take her into a new environment. We have no idea what's, you know, it's not that I'm right. having like a, a cushy corporate job. Right. Uh, this was like, Mike, you're going to hustle with us. That's, yep, that's basically yep, what it yep, is. Yep. Um, and I was like, I, I just have to do it. I have, I feel that this is an amazing story. Yep. Even if it doesn't work out, the experience is going to be amazing. So we have to do it. So it's worth it. Worth it. Yeah. So, so sold this on Marika. Sold this basically on Lana. It was a year and a half. She right, like, Google right. Gaga, so she was fine. <laughs> How many days did you sleep in the couch when you... When well, I, I do have to be, to be transparent. Like, Mike and I had a tough year. We had okay. a really tough year where she was like, what am I doing here? Right. What are you doing here? Right. This makes no sense at all. Right. Um, but, but she yeah, stuck it through. She, she stuck it through. She stuck it through. And, and she said, you know, if you believe it's so much, you know, I'm, I'm there for you. So we'll make it happen. And behind every hustler, and I'm a firm believer of this, behind every successful hustler is a very successful partner and a very supportive partner. Yeah. I yeah. swear, because without that belief and that faith in your in the hustle of your partner, things will just break apart. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't have. It's 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 always tough that people see, sort of they might see you know me or one of the other partners as you know that this is amazing. Right. But how much our partners have to be willing oh to support God. us? It is it right. is intense. Yeah. It so is shout intense. out to Marika. Yeah. To, for for this and shout out to my queen for always being there. But let's take a quick break, Mike. And when we come back, let's talk about the nitty gritty. Let's take a deep dive of what you actually do yes. now. And then and, and more of that after the break. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact 24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact 24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph that's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. 
And we're back from the break. We are still with Michael Lynch of the Golden Gate Ventures. Technically, Mike, you are the a venture partner now, um, right? Partner. Part, venture yeah. partner. So yeah. but let's walk through what what a VC or a venture capitalist does. So let's let's for let's for the benefit of those people who actually have no idea if you're listening to this and you're like, well, what is a venture partner? Right? So what as an in, you're technically an investor and you invest in startup tech companies yes. correct but it's not just that right because at the end of the day you you need to have money to invest and that's actually if correct me if i'm wrong that's majority of the job finding the the the, the money to invest first then to look for companies to invest in with that money yeah mike walk us through what is the objective of a venture capitalist and how do you pitch this to uh to an investor or a limited partner yeah um, so maybe as a as, as part of your your step back, okay. um, it's it's good to understand that the reason why venture capital exists okay. is because traditional capital, whether it's banks, okay. private equity, hedge funds, mutual funds, whatever, okay. do not invest in this risky asset class. Got it. And the reason is, if we find a guy and a girl with an amazing idea. Okay. that have built some software okay. and they're going to say our company is going to be worth 100 million in two years okay a private equity guy would say i cannot value that because there's no assets sure so i don't understand this sure our job as a venture capitalist is to understand what they're saying mm. what they're building appraise it appraise that. it and, right. and 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 get a sense of are these two people able to build a company Okay. Run a company, lead a team, build a product, work with partners, and, and eventually make it the biggest thing you know in the country, the region, or the world. That's yeah. sort of high level what we need to understand. Okay, and that's the reason why venture capital is there. Yep. Um, but for us to be able to invest in those companies, we need money as well. So Correct. similar to what an entrepreneur does, yep, is fundraising. Um, one of our important jobs is to convince very big funds uh, like yeah. sovereign wealth funds, uh, fund of funds, uh, large families, yeah. um, whoever has high net worth, whatever high net worth individuals, yeah. whoever has has big portions of money to allocate to this to right. this industry and has that risk appetite yes. to lose it all. Yeah, yeah, it's it, like a betting per se in a, in a little bit because you 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 bet big, you win big. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's not for the risk averse. No, no. Right. So, so venture capital is not for the risk averse. And and then you have different layers of um, what does venture capital mean? You have angel investors. You okay. have you have accelerators. So you have different forms of, of how people invest. Okay. But I would say that the risk appetite is big. So we have to convince our investors okay. um, that we understand what's happening in this Correct. in this space and and that we are able to find and identify. The best companies. Got it. Um, so how do we do it? So something is called traction. They basically or right. track record. They basically say, "What have you guys done in the past okay. to make me believe that you're able to do this?" Yeah, cred, street cred. Yeah, say basically yeah. street cred. Yeah, and and with that, um, we say, well, individually, all the partners. Right. Um, so Vinny's been a two-time entrepreneur, so he yep. knows what it takes to build a company. True. 
um, Jeffrey has been with Founders Institute and has FI, been right. seeing hundreds and hundreds of companies and helping them through different processes of right. fundraising, from an idea space to whatever, right. everything. And he's been an investor internationally. Right. Um, Justin, you know, part of the ecosystem since day one. By the way, he's part Filipino. Shout out Justin Hall. And Justin, and part Filipino. And the other uh, three dogs. <laughs> and the three dogs. Yep. Uh, but yeah, he's been, he's, he has seen so many deals. Right. Uh, and he's ri- written a great article about sort of recognizing certain patterns and certain trends. Okay. Um, myself, been a former entrepreneur, been an investor, um, right. you've worked internationally. So the combination of the partnership and, of course, of course, Paul Regrio, um, successful entrepreneur, successful investor, successful mm-hmm. advisor, that combination gives us credibility to invest in early stage companies. Yeah. So again, that's sweet cred and that's you're like the Justice League or the Avengers, right? You've been, you've done it, you've been successful in what you're doing before. Now you work together, right? let's, let's help more people achieve their dreams. Exactly, exactly. exactly. Now, but there's, there's a caveat to that, right? I mean, when you, as a fund, you're not just doing, okay, I'll help you manage your shit and I'll invest. There's something in it for you. Yeah. So when you, say for example, let's, let's talk about, like, I, let's just throw random whatever it is. Say you're, you're, say you're gonna raise, okay, I, I'm raising a $50 million fund, mm-hmm. right? Y'all got to chip in and find a way to make that fund possible. Yes. Is that correct? Like a funding round in a startup. Yeah. Right. And you look through that through your network. Yeah. Now, later I'll ask you how important and how you build a network because you can't just ask, ask random schmucks in the road. Like, hey, do you know anyone who can invest? Right. Yeah. They're, 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 they're hard to find. Yeah. Right. But later on, uh, when, well, before we do that, what's the, what's the benefit for the, the VC firm Mm-hmm. What do they get after they convince their the the the, the limited partner or whatever in, in return? Yeah, so so there's there's a few things. So um, so our business is 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 heavily a relationship business. Obviously, so yeah. for us to get a partner, a limited partner, so we call our investors limited partners. Okay. For us to get a limited partner on board means that we want to work with them over the life of multiple funds. And that, that's usually how long? Uh, well, one fund is 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. So you need to be able, if, you're, if I'm an LP, I need to be able to sit and sleep for 10 years and not expect anything in return. Worst case, yes. Yes. So yes. imagine if, if you want a quick buck or a quick F, quick pack, whatever. Dude, this, not, this game's not free. No, if, right. if you expect to get your money back in like one or two years, I wouldn't invest nope. in a venture capital fund. Put it in a bank. Yeah. <laughs> or loan it somewhere. No, don't, right. put, don't put it in a bank. You'll, no, lose, you'll lose it as well. No, right. so, so I'll, I'll, I'll put it somewhere else. But it's, right. um, so that's tough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so what you do is, um, so one is, you know, as, as a fund, when you attract capital, right. again, you're trying to build a relationship over a longer time. Right. But as a fund, it allows you to do a few things. Um, when you get capital, you're able to get a management fee off of what you raise. Got it. So that's, that like, that's, that's like sort of the commission per se. You yeah. can call it a commission. Yeah. And that management fee allows us to run our company. Got um, it. it allows us to fly around the region and, and meet other companies to mm-hmm. host events, uh, pay our staff, uh, have an office. And Keep the, the engine on. running. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, Mike, uh, from, from that point of view, so now that we understand, now the other side of the deal is once you raise that fund, you got to look for people to invest it on because your yeah. promise 
what's the expectation of a limited partner when they invest? Like, all right, I'll put in. You need 50 mil. I'll. I'll it's like, dude, this is crazy numbers. I only see this in NBA salaries. Like, I'll put in 20 mil USD here, one drop. I'll be part of your fund. Yeah. Right. What's what do they expect in return? What's your promise to them to to get that done? So first and foremost, the the, ex, the expectation is um, transparency and communication. Okay. They want to understand what you're doing and most importantly, why are you doing it? Okay. So the easy part is, I would say, yeah, uh, you know, we get money, we find the best companies, everybody's happy. Okay. It's not how it works. No. Because how do you define what the best company is? True. So the best company is 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 very much defined by timing, where the ecosystem is, maturity, uh, the founder, maybe macroeconomics, maybe country economics. There's a lot of things that got to go into A lot play. of factors, right. But the first thing that our investors need to understand is, why are you investing in this company? What is your mm-hmm. reason to do this? And if we can explain to them that we have solid reasons, X, Y, and Z, yeah. to do this right now, right. Um, then nine times out of ten, you have you, you're building a relationship. If you're just saying um, I only invest in the best companies, you know that, that's that's a marketing spiel that doesn't that doesn't really hold right, true. Right, right, right. Because every VC will say I have a top portfolio. Of course, because right. everyone says so. So you can't argue that I'm investing in the best companies because everybody invests in the best companies. Of course, you have to understand that you're you're building what we call a thesis. Yes. And the thesis is the reason why are you investing okay. and how you're investing. So that's kind of that's kind like of the a formula, a playbook per se a already. Playbook. Yeah. Of 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 how you're you're gonna use that money because it's not yours. Yeah. It's not your money. So you can't just make it rain. Let's go to the club, drop ten grand at yeah. night. No, so what you right. do is yeah, what you do is you right. you, you, you tell the investors this is our playbook, this is what we want to do, okay. this is what we want to achieve, right. and these are the companies that we feel that fit kind of our thesis. And in in retrospect, an angel sort of doesn't have to go through that because now the middleman or the VC, because they write smaller checks, can just go direct. Like, all right, I'll invest in you, per se. Um, Mike, what do you look for? So everybody's out there looking for you. Like, Mike, I need money and whatnot. What makes an investable startup from your point of view? Because again, it doesn't mean if you don't get funded by a VC, it doesn't mean that your startup's... Uh, it's a shit, right? It's just not. You need to understand the metrics, the way how they operate, and why they, you should qualify or you're eligible to be funded by them. Yeah. Because once you get VC money, technically you need to keep raising funding because it's a game of valuations, yeah. right? If you stay at one valuation, if you don't expand or, or if you don't grow exponentially, and that VC money that they they promise their limited partners ain't worth shit, yeah. right? So, Mike, what, let's go back to that. Um, how what do you look for in the startups that are eligible yeah. for you guys to be funding? So, you know, for, for us, if if you look at how how we make returns for our investors, right? So, if we would let's say an, an investor puts in a dollar into our fund, right, and we give them a dollar back, right, then they can leave the money into the bank, right. So for them, they're looking for what we call outsized returns. And yeah. outsized returns means they got a lot of money back. Correct. Um, high risk, high reward. High risk, high reward. Yep. So if we invest in a company and, and a company tells me, Mike, you know, amazing founder, it's a decent business, it's, it's generating revenue, um, I want to raise money to kind of keep where I am. Yep. Um, I'm growing like 6 7% a year. 
um, you're probably not a good fit for a VC. Sure. Because we look for companies that at least double their revenue every single year. Listen, do you hear that, guys? Double your revenue every year. You need crazy, crazy growth. Yeah, because otherwise... So, so the, the, the thing is, um, if you don't grow fast, our money becomes really expensive. Stagnant, right, right. And right. expensive because oh. we own... We own a portion of your company because we have invested. Correct. Um, if you go to a bank, um, you, you'll, you'll pay interest. Right. But they don't own well <laughs> banks yeah. nowadays. Right. Uh, they don't own a part <laughs> of your a part of your company. Yeah. So um, it's very very important to understand: Am I raising money to yeah. fuel growth? It's literally putting nitro into your car and Correct. going really fast. Yep. You so, feel like you're Vin, Vin Diesel. Exactly. Right? Yeah. You, you're fueling growth. So. So we invest in companies, and our investment has to go toward growth. So you're either you're you're hiring people, you're launching a new product in your product range, you're going to a few new countries, uh, you're adding on your marketing side, etc. Doesn't so, necessarily have to be revenue based, right? It can be because it depends on the model of the startup too, yeah. right? If if depending on the business model, some some of that may come later later on, like the Facebooks of the world yeah. and whatnot, yeah. where they only got pretty much liquid after X amount of years. Yeah. But you need to have exponential growth yeah. where your valuation also not just doubles, but triples or quadruples every single funding round that you need to raise. Yeah, exactly. Because so what, what you, um, so what is, I do have to say that we, we are looking for sustainable growth because okay. I think the years where we just say, just get market share, we don't care about your revenue. Okay. I think those days are over. I think people are yeah. more conscious about the company has to be sustainable in a certain amount sure. of time. Because otherwise it should be a business still. Exactly. Not just a fad or exactly. like exactly. a Snapchat yeah. where boom, okay, we IPO, then boom, it's crashed. Then, then it falls back, right? Yeah. So, so you know, I mean, uh, Lyft had an, had an amazing pop, now it dropped again, people are getting nervous. So I, I think it's, it's, it's really important to protect a bit of the downside as well. To, okay. to your question, sort of what do we look for in entrepreneurs? Sure. I think the most important, and I, I always, you know, every partner will, will tell something different because we have sort of our own sort of way of looking at, at companies and entrepreneurs. But I would say that for me, uh, and I always hammer on execution and focus. There you go. The, the business that you're in, you um, can be in, in, in farming or in food tech or in, or in education technology or in insure tech. If you are unfocused and if you are not living your promise as in executing, sure. it doesn't matter. You're not, you're not going to succeed. And I'm going to echo this. One of my mentors that I always like, I wrote this blog about when we got acquired. And I, I put it there and I just remembered it now. Uh, Nick Snoljedo of SurePass said it here. That during his first few years in SurePass, he said that people thought that he was doing a lot of things. But in reality, he's only one thing. He did that for like seven years span. Yeah. One thing and one thing alone, which is sure pass. And verbatim, here's what he said. The kiss of death for, for, for startups is when you have conglomerate thinking. Yeah. Meaning you're trying to be too many things at, at one time. Because yeah. that's just going to distract you. And guess what? That's, your, that's the nail in the coffin. It is. It, it, it literally is. And, and you'll see that. Um, just go back to why, where do you know successful founders from? You usually don't know from one thing they did. Correct. Really well. Do it well. Don't be a jack of all trades. Yes. I mean, I understand you, you got to make ends meet. Do a side hustle to make ends meet. But you got to feed your, feed your main hustle and be all in. Because if you're not all in in your hustle, how do you expect more people to put their money on you? Exactly. If you're t trying to do three things at yeah. the same time. So right. even in, in when a company's pitch us and, and they are 
there are in too many directions, that, that's that's a red flag for us. Yeah. Uh, we really want someone to be focused on if your if your your main thing isn't big enough yet, okay. you are unable to work on anything else. That's mm. that's in my mind that is impossible. Sure. So so what I look for, so when I interview founders, that's what I look for. Okay. Um, and eventually, there's more traits. So are you down the line? Do we think that you are able to lead a team and inspire a team? Because yeah. management. Right. Yeah, because in in the end, you 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 might start as a, as a founder or maybe as a founding group, or you have like six or seven people. But your they company, if it's a hundred, your company changes, and you have people looking up to you or up to your you and your co-founders to lead them into where are we going? Absolutely, and I feel that now. Like before, I didn't care. Like yeah, I'll, I'll do it all. I'm a one man team, but eventually, you're gonna have to scale. Yeah, and you have to figure out. You're gonna have to figure out to delegate and trust your team to execute for you and your role changes every like every month or even every quarter yeah right because it's it's that fast-paced but anyway mike let's take another quick break but when we come back let's talk about the, your tips okay let's talk about tips that will and the truth the cold hard truth that that a lot of at least from the philippine setting uh we need to hear because there's some wrong there's there's this it's something there's something in the water something wrong with our ecosystem in the Philippines. And I'd like to get your two cents on this from an outsider's point of view because a lot of, you know, a lot of VCs are not here. And I want to know why. So let's talk about more of that after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again. And we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game and again big thank you to sprout solutions liberating your time for what truly matters hey hustlers wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents well i got good news because today's sponsor uno digital bank is here to help you achieve your financial goals you can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag Uno Ready Savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag Uno Earn or hashtag Uno Boost Time Deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. 
Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, Hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2023. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer. Trust Dragon Pay. And we're back from the break. We are still with Michael Lintz uh, of the Golden Gate Ventures Fund, uh, or VC. Now, Mike, let's talk about the, the, uh, the most, more important thing. So, in the Philippines, you've, you've been, you've, I appreciate you because you go here often still when it feels like sometimes we're just left on our own. Yeah. I mean, a few years back, a lot of excitement was here because a lot of VCs on a regional scale, at least, the ones that fund the bigger startups, the grabs of the world and whatnot, are here. And now, I don't see you guys often. And yeah. I, I, there's something in the water. And then if you look at it from a startup ecosystem point of view, yes, there's a lot of startups. But the question is, is it enough? And sometimes we have to ask ourselves, Okay, that doesn't mean that we have a startup. That we're, we need to swing for the fucking fences here. We need to change not that the Philippines, but something that you can replicate. So a, a perfect example, Red Doors. Yeah. When they were starting out a few years back, they, they met with me. So 500 startups introduced me to them. It's like, hey, just, you know, these are whatever. I didn't really realize what they were up to until I saw Red Doors everywhere here. And I'm like, holy shit. Those guys are like the most humble ones I've seen. Like I've met with them. Like, wow. So Red Doors, if you can see, I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys will probably listen. 
that's that's a regional startup. They're not just here. They're everywhere yeah. in Southeast Asia. Yeah, they're amazing. Correct. Yeah. Now, for, for, from that point of view, Mike, what's what's missing here? It's, it's, why are you the big funds from an international startup? Because I mean, at least there's, they haven't funded a Filipino startup in a long time been, after Ayana. It's been a bit, yeah. Yeah, why? There's oh man, there's there's so much to unpack here. So so we we don't have time to to go in depth to all, but sure. I'll, I'll be I'll I'll be transparent in, in how I, how I see it. Okay. Um. So I you know prior to our, our convo, I was looking up which was my first trip to when was my first trip to Manila? Jeeks on a plane, I think was 2014. Yeah. So it's five years ago. Yeah. I remember we had a. Um, Sort of a mini conference, I think with one of the accelerators. Right. And the funny thing is, this is five years ago. Yeah. The question was, what should the Filipino startup ecosystem do? I'm still asking the same shit. To get to the next level. <laughs> this question then rang true every single year I came back f- to speak at a conference yeah, or. Yeah. So shit. then last year I was like, hold on. If you are asking ourselves this, the same question for five years now, <laughs> what if we d- like literally done the about develop, it? Right. done? What if, what, so I'm 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 glad that there's initiatives in the city. Sure, but the issue is initiatives are great. In the end, you need to put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, and the funny thing is, and I'll tell you this: money is not the issue. There's a lot of money here. Money is not Oof. the issue. So, so we, we cannot complain about money. So, okay, we, I'm just going to pick sure, it up, sure. right? Call so, paid, should, should we complain about talent? No. no. It's a treasure trove of talent here. So, great English-speaking talent. Yep. Hustle hard. The interest in tech. You have, you have like a home audience. You don't have to, so, the funny thing is, as a, as a startup here, right. you don't have to go abroad from day one. In mm-hmm. Singapore, you have to be abroad from day one. Yeah, yeah. here you, have, you, you, right. you can build you can build a strong yeah. strong home base. So there's money, there's talent, there's initiatives. So but. my question is, do you guys really want this? Yeah. Because if if everything is in place, okay, maybe not everything, but if if you have components in place, yeah. do you guys really want this ecosystem? So my answer is mixed. Because I'm not yes. sure. Okay. I'm not sure if you guys really want this. Um, if I'll, I'll give a, I'll do a quick, really quick sidestep. Okay. When we go out to raise a new fund, or when right. we go out to really find a company that we want to invest in, sure. we'll move mountains. Yeah. I don't. I don't care what needs to happen. It's going to happen. Right. We'll move mountains. Going back to our five years discussions. Yeah. If you talk about it for five years and you really wanted it, something would have changed. Right. And but of the course, mountains they, are still there now. And of course, there are amazing examples. And there are more mountains too. <laughs> yes, there yeah. are amazing But all yeah. the examples are always a handful. It's always two or three or maybe four companies that you know, might break out or broken out or you know, coins or PAs got acquired. Yeah. Congratulations amazing story. Yes. Amazing story. But you'll need six, more seven, coins. eight, nine of those stories. Yes. So... I think that, that I think what you know it's 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 hard to 
say this as an outsider, you know, I fly no, but in. We need to hear this because, yeah. oh, again, you get the same fucking question. So if you someone asks you like, hey, listen to that Hustle Share episode. <laughs> no, yes. So, 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 my, so my thing is, uh, yeah, you guys have asked me, as I say you guys just in general, the right, Philippines right. Has, has asked, you know, for me as a VC, what should we be doing here sure. for five freaking years? I think you guys know what needs to be done. Um, back it up now. Yeah, but, but no one does it. And that's and that's annoying. So so you have so many freaking examples across the entire region. Sure. Um, and I'm not saying you need to copy Singapore. Right. You you need to, you need to do what works for the Philippines. So there's there's a few things. Okay. Okay. If I if I'm allowed if I'm allowed to sit in this chair and advise early stage investors sure. here in the Philippines, if if, if that's investors, okay. if that's okay, not investors. startups. No, no. I'm I'm talking to the investor landscape. Okay. If you find a company and you really like the founder, you like the team, and you think there's some legs there, do me one small favor. Don't ask for majority of their shares. You're literally killing the company. That's what you're doing. A company that has an investor on board that owns 51% as an yeah. angel, forget about getting another round of funding. Absolutely. That's, that's how life works. Just forget about it. And it's it may it may be a mentality thing. It may be something that's sort of in the DNA of yeah. those investors. You have to stop it. As as you know, a typical a typical uh, financing round is dilution is around let's say twenty five, maybe thirty percent. That's at an early stage. At early stage. The first investor. Yeah. Right. So if you ask fifty one. You're killing the company. Yeah. That's that's what it is. So the company's going to get acquired at Series A. For me as an investor, a company getting acquired at Series A is 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 not good in terms yeah. of returns for our fund. Okay. So so look at it from a ecosystem play. Okay. If there is enough talent and if there is a strong home market, if there is enough money, find a structure where you find confidence in investing in those companies, but at least leave a bit of room for outside investors like us or, you know, any of the other guys, Gobi, Jungle, um, Monks, uh, Open yeah. Space, doesn't matter. For all of them to... Even Kickstart. Kickstart is doing way better with, 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 with their with investment strategy now. Yeah. Because so, again, they, 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 they took a gamble on us, the early stage, but they did a pivot as well. Yeah. With, with what they're doing and all their com- the companies that they invest the Wattpads of the world like create yeah. portfolio right so, so nurture that and, and, and don't be afraid that by the fact that you don't have 51% you don't have control you can, you can force or have control in other ways take a board seat take an advisory position uh, have some veto rights but at least don't kill the company at the first round, round of funding make room in that cap table <laughs> yeah you have to yeah. you have to then the, sec- then the second thing is I always I always talk about this. Please take those companies on roadshows across the region. True. It is so simple. Just buy a few few airline tickets. Airbnb, come, whatever. Yeah, Airbnb. Just hustle it. Come to Singapore. Uh, go to Vietnam. Go. I don't care. But at least expose make, yourself. Expose those companies. Right. Make them visible. Make them visible. True. And also, you know, it helps them to see how other ecosystems work and how they and let them talk to other founders. And get them inspired by how they work, how hard they hustle. There's one example that's good. Uh, Acudine. Yep. Acudine yes. is here in Myanmar of all places. Why are you in Myanmar? Those are examples. Wow. Those are examples. Right? Because yeah. they have a, a, the point of view of not just uh, just a, a Philippine setting. Because m- most of the time, it's not just the VCs, actually. A lot of the Filipino founders, as well, are at fault. 
we're too narrow-minded sometimes. Though we only want to solve that little problem at the backyard. I know we're trying to solve a fucking problem here, yeah. right? But if you're going to solve a problem, you want to fucking swing for the fences that, oh, a random dude in Singapore or a random dude in fucking Myanmar or, or whatever, Brunei, has the same shit. Yeah. So you, your, your, your ability can scale. So Because if you're happy with a $1 million valuation after a Series A, yeah. you're fucked. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're talking about, like, just shed some light here. Uh, a healthy Series A now yeah. is in the range of what valuation? Um, well, we're, we're getting up there. So um, I would say they're, they're ranging from, okay, on the, lo- on the lower, lower end. Around, floor, uh, right. Floor five, but, but upper end, 20, 25. 20 mil. Yeah. And you, now you're trying to bridge Series B, which is around, an, around how, how much? Yeah, we, we're getting there, right? So, so the typical B rounds would be between 15 to 30 mil now. See? That's a pony already, yeah. Right, and next 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 level would be a centaur, and next thing you know, it's been done in other countries. Yeah. Where Indonesia, how many unicorns do they have? Oh, well, they're getting more and more. So it's uh, and, right. and it, the, so the funny thing is, uh, don't don't forget that a lot of these founders in Indonesia and Singapore and Malaysia, they've they've gone to other countries and got inspiration. True, they've gone to Europe and got inspiration. They've seen other startups like, oh, I can do this and I can bring this back here and got inspiration and make correct. it big. Correct, correct, correct. Similar to like Ankas, our local favorite startup here. That's actually not original here. Yeah, they got that from Gojek. Yeah, and which is fine. Which is fine. It is fine to you know maybe copy something from somewhere else. Right. Do a few iterations. Make it local. Grow big. Once you're big here, you can do more. Correct. And make it make it yours. Yes. But, dude, uh, at the end of the day, you know, it, it's all about execution. Now, from from a startup, uh, from a uh, founder's uh, point of view, right? What do they need to do at least uh, when you're, your tips and you're approaching a VC? Because I've seen so many so bloopers that you guys post about this in the VC, my VC friends. Mm-hmm. Like you know, some some random email, some some dude sent an email to all the VCs, and they're all CC'd in one chain. <laughs> how do you yeah. <laughs> how do you get uh, the attention of a VC to even set up a meeting or even get a reply back? That, so there, there is, to me, there is n- there is no magic in, in getting a reply back from a okay. VC. Um, think about your pitch mm-hmm. pitch it to, to the people you trust ask them for feedback uh, not ask for money right away no ask for feedback feedback or, or advice or, or advice okay I'm working on this what do you guys think or right. hey I'm unsure whether this is ready for you guys to look at right. could you give me like 10 minutes to kind of walk me through where, where I'm at All right. it's very and, simple sure now yeah. in terms of being, doing like like in sales, uh, warm intro versus a cold lead, yeah. that's a better shit. So would it be better if someone acted like a wingman and referred you like, hey, I know this guy. It kind of validates him. Always. Too. Yeah, yeah, always. I mean, it's, 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 you, you, you say it yourself, it's, it's validation. Right. Um, so it's very important to have that. Um, and it's, it's, you know, the ecosystem is relatively small. Correct. Um, even look at LinkedIn. Who are the, the my second degree um, right. people in my network that I that I can talk to right. and it can help me get introductions. Queue up. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Mike. Lastly, in terms of um, getting a net or building a network, because you did this yourself early on. You know, they they say they say it. They've said it before and they say it again. Your network is your net worth. 
Yeah. How do you build a good network? Because like for me, a lot of podcasters have been messaging me lately. Hey, Hiran, how come you? How, how do you get your guests? I like um, maybe I was just lucky because I built this network throughout my main hustle, and most of them, actually, all of them that I've featured here are all my friends. Yeah. <laughs> so it's an easy. It's, it's easy to hook a brother up. Yeah. Like you know, like yo, can you be in my podcast? It's game. It's good. But how do you build a network if you're just starting from the game? And whether you want to be a VC or a tech or a, or a founder, how do you build a good network? How know how you how do you know you're not wasting your time? Um, so the only it's 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 um, so there's the small tips and tricks. Okay. Um, but I would say it starts by um, making yourself vulnerable and getting out there. So okay. what most people do is they don't want to get out of the house. Uh, because going to somewhere new is being uncomfortable. So I'll, 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 you know, if you look at my journey, um, I, I worked at ING. I started my own company. I was uncomfortable, right. uh, but made it work. Right. I could ask for a board with top-tier CEOs. I was uncomfortable because I was a kid. I was right. young, uh, but I made it work. Right. Um, I started investing. I was uncomfortable because it was new. So yep. it and you're in a different fucking continent now. I'm in a different continent now. <laughs> made it work. So, yeah. so it's it it's 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 being vulnerable by being out there. Um, just you know, if you have if you have zero network, it's the best thing ever because you can start anywhere. You can go to a conference and walk up to people and exchange cards. And just conquer it's, that fear. Yeah, it's, once it's, you get momentum, yeah. you'll, you'll eventually get a hang of it. It's it's, it's learning by doing, and you'll you'll fall flat on your face because you'll make a stupid remark, and, and someone <laughs> someone will look at you like, "What the hell are you saying?" <laughs> and that's fine because I've had those moments over yes. and over and over. Everybody and I, I did. I still have them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Same. Like I, I do the stupid joke, and it was like dead air. Like what the fuck. Did yeah, I and, then, say? and then you look at each other like you are an idiot. <laughs> But it's fine. It's how, that's how you do it. Sure. Or bring a wingman at least. So at least you're... Yeah. It's, uh, if you have a team, then you're, there's two of you who's going to be idiots. Right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> find, find, find a buddy. That, that's, that's also Correct. Yeah. Correct. Now, Mike, let's talk about two things. Yeah. You, you, uh, one more. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're, you wrote articles uh, about reaching your potential. Uh, and what's the other one? Uh, oh, my goodness. So... Um, so I, I, have, I have written a few. So um, I've written one on fundraising, right. and I've written one on reaching your potential, and I've written one on uh, removing noise from your we'll life. We'll have that in the show notes if you, you're not there. But just walk us briefly real quick uh, before we let you go on what those are so that we can uh, have a little bit of a good gist of what those are and what, what you're trying to teach people there. Yeah, so, so I think through my life, you know, I've, I've, I've always tried to sort of run, fall flat on my face, get up, run again. Right. Um, I feel that not everyone has to go through that path. Right. Uh, although, you know, getting experience is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I'm trying to kind of write, put in writing is um, a few things that, that are essential. Mm-hmm. So we as persons are trying to be nice to everyone. Yep. And we are mistaking niceness for... Um, I don't want to be the bad guy or I don't want to sound arrogant or I don't want to come over as an asshole. Right. Um, it has nothing to do with it. Saying no is actually helpful for yourself but also for the other. Um, and, and just my biggest example is always, you know, helping other people is, is – is, it's I love helping people. So I always do it whenever I can. Yep. But I only do it when I have the capacity to help someone. I say no 70% of the time. 
Nice. Because it means that I don't think I'm able to help you. Right. And if I would say yes, I'm just freaking lying to you. Yeah. Um, and I'm getting you and myself in a worse position than you are right now. True, true. Um, so it's, it's, again, going back to focus, um, I've learned, I'm 43 now, I sound old. You don't sound 43. I mean, you look look 43, I look older than you, and you're um, 13 years the senior. Man. I, 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 I feel 43, man. Um, oh, dude. But nope. the, the, the thing I've learned is, um, yeah, so focus, um, execution, and transparency, okay. it will get you a long way. All right. Now, Mike, before we let you go, um, where do they contact you if they have a they want to get your advice yeah. and or if there's a limited partner that wants to to uh invest in the the next fund that you yeah. guys are raising so yeah i'm 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 just pretty easy to find uh um you can always send me an email um you know michael at goldengate.vc here's my plug uh no for any questions so i i i tend to always respond on email so if you have any question uh feel free to ask if it's fundraising if it's about your company about how to run a VC firm, if it's about things in life, if it's about cycling. There you go. Yeah, let me know. All right. So again, before we end this episode, please do message us on our chat bot if you want to be the first one to know about our new episodes. And if you want to suggest any new guests, uh, just go to m.me slash hustle share. That's powered by chatbot.ph. And don't forget to follow and subscribe to our, 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 our podcast on iTunes or on Apple Podcasts. I mean, not, not iTunes anymore. Spotify and on hustleshare.com. This has been Hustle Share episode 13. Thank you again, Mike. You're welcome. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.